0: Today's episode of the Hip Hop Rejects is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash the Hip Hop Rejects. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hip-hop rejects. A hip, a hip-hop. Hip-hop rejects. Welcome to the Hip Hop Rejects. This is your boy Royalty,
1: and yo, it's your boy Young Fly in the wrist,
0: and together we are known as the Hip Hop Rejects. This is an all hip hop podcast, and all we like to talk <laughs> about on this podcast is hip hop music, hip hop culture, and you know, sometimes from time to time, well, you know, we get off subject sometimes, but you know, that's how we do it so what's up young
1: man chilling man packing ready for that big move man yeah man 5 a.m in the morning i'm on my way on the highway shoot man godspeed
0: to you glad to see you here so but all right man uh that pleasant is out of the way We have a special guest in the building with the Hip Hop Rejects. I know usually most of the time we have a lot of, you know, artists and DJs and stuff like that on the show. But we got somebody that's a DJ, but also at the same time, he's in the fitness world as well. This is my boy Damian Bunting with Pyramid Principles in the building with us today.
2: What is going on? How is everybody? So happy to be here. Very, uh, very humbled to be a guest on the Hip Hop Rejects. Welcome, 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 welcome! Yeah, man, how's it going?
1: It's going uh, good. Man. Yeah. So, are you the cat I was going back and forth <laughs> with on Facebook about J.
2: Cole? Uh yeah, that was probably me. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was him. Okay. okay. <clears throat> I've been waiting on this. <laughs> I'm gonna um, be nice. I'm hey, even night, you finna be everybody else.
2: Listen, we can, we can <laughs> do it. We can do it. We can have. I've had this argument you know, um, for years, I actually got to meet J Cole. Um, I was working as a, um, as an assistant promoter at one of the local universities in Pennsylvania. And, uh, we brought J Cole in. This was probably, uh, three, four years ago, got a chance to meet him, got a chance to talk to him. It was actually, we had a really good run. We had J Cole, then we had Kendrick Lamar the next year. Um, so you know, yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to have that debate for the 12,000th thousandth time.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I'm putting it like this. Devin knows me; he knows I'm not one of those guys. I I I was just joking around as far as the debate because we really just don't debate on the show. Yeah. But um, as far as me, I'm not into like all the I'm a purist when it comes to hip hop. I got you. <clears throat> uh, a lot of people they don't like peers. They 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 rather deal with what's popular or what's selling or whatnot, and they jump on that bandwagon. I'm really not a bandwagon jumper. I'm like I'm like I'm I'm in the the type where I'm like swaying them. I would rather go listen to KRS-One than Young Thug. Yeah. Or I would rather go listen to Cool Modi.
2: Than Lil Yachty, you know, some people would say that that makes you old and outdated, and not just a purist. Um, and I, you know, I don't. I, we're probably very close to the same age. Um, but I was listening to an interview. It's funny you brought up Sway. Sway had an interview with Ad Rock from um, from the Beastie Boys, and he was saying that, you know, he loves the fact that the new hip hop generation is doing something different and that he doesn't necessarily feel it, but that the whole point of hip hop is that unlike rock and roll and unlike country, hip hop is about the now, you know, if you listen to rock and roll and you listen to country, you know, they have such high regard and such high respect for, um, you know, the forebearers of their music because everything about what they do is so rooted in, in, in the history of that music. But, Um, with hip hop it is about the now and so a lot of times people will lean on that statement that I'm a purist well you know if you're a purist in 1985 you know what you view as as pure then and what you view as bandwagon then are completely different than what you and I in 2016 view is pure and what we view is bandwagon and it was the same thing when we were kids you know when Pac was hot when biggie was hot um you know during that era people were like oh you know this is just some some bandwagon shit and and i can't fuck with that i'm i'm about this i'm about that i'm more on this conscious tip i like ars1 i like public enemy you know so as a dj i try to never I'm just going to keep it real. I try to never shit on the current generation because, you know, only history can tell young thug might not be everybody's cup of tea. And we don't know how history is going to look at young thug. We don't know how history is going to look at Drake. We don't know how history is going to look at, at Lil Wayne, you know, in the pantheon of hip hop. So it's hard for us to, it's hard for us to say that without kind of being like an elitist. And that's what I was saying to you on Facebook, you know,
1: Oh, it's just that my <clears throat> when I say I I rather I prefer those old artists over these guys like Young Thug now. It's because I I listen to new artists. Like today on Sway's show, I heard um two new artists that I had never heard of. One guy from Buffalo, New York, and another guy from um Chicago. <clears throat> but um I can't recall their names for anything. But it's like the way, like if somebody can get up there and just spit, they ain't gotta have all the the reverbs and auto tunes and stuff like that on their voice, and they can just flow like Nas and Jay, or uh, the way Kanye used to flow. You know, <clears throat> it's you know that's what I that's what I see is hip hop being pure. I see it as a difference between, but now I see it as a difference between a rapper and a hip hop artist. Like hip hop artist is, to me, rappers are the people that's trying to follow a trend. Hip hop artists are the ones that's putting in a craft that's actually saying something that's really telling you stories because that's what hip hop branch. That's what hip hop started out, out as as a storytelling art form and they just ain't talking about girls shaking their ass. They just ain't talking about cars, money, drugs and stuff like that. They're actually putting something out in the community because hip-hop is a subculture. Like when, say white boy Little Jimmy, when he walk outside, he he can listen to hip-hop and when he walk outside he's not going to see hip-hop because he probably stay in the suburbs or something like that. But me, you, Davin, you know, growing up, when we listen to Pac or somebody, we can walk right outside and see exactly what Pac was talking about. You know what I'm saying?
2: Well, I mean, that, that you know, when you say that, you know, not to get off on a tangent or anything, but when you say that rap is about, um, you know, what's popular and hip hop is about pure art form. That's a very slippery slope you got to be careful with, man, because, you know, a large segment of your dope lyricists right now are white. You know, you're talking about Mac Miller. I just literally before I even got on the on the call with you guys, just by happenstance, um, little Debbie, you know, who rolls with Cray Sean and that crew, two of her new songs came out and she's ripping it. I mean, ripping it. And I was like, I was so shocked. Man,
0: Crayshawn's Because I've always,
2: I haven't heard of him in so long. So. Yeah, that's what I've been saying. <laughs> I ain't heard that in so long. Uh, uh, little Little Debbie, you know, little listen, Cray Cray-Sean ran with Little Debbie in that crew, um, B Nasty, Krayshawn and Little Debbie, but Little Debbie runs with Gucci Mane. And she's been making music. And I literally listened to two of her songs twenty minutes ago where she was spitting, she was spitting harder than anybody that I've heard in a while. You know what I mean? So between her, Mac Miller, um, you know, Dickie, Ray, I there's, there's a lot of there's a lot yeah. of white rappers right now that are spitting a lot hotter than than yeah. the black rappers that yeah, are doing the geez, mumble and doing the mumble rap.
1: Mm-hmm. But see, like what I what see, I look at people like Lil Dicky, Eminem, Mac Miller, because I'm a big right. fan of Mac Miller. I look at those guys. And they're they're giving you stories from their point of view, from what they see, right? In their communities, they're not like jumping in our community talking about what they're seeing, you know, trying to act like they in our community. They get Eminem talked about being in a trailer park. That's just right. That's white people community. So I consider right. him as a hip hop artist. Like your your hip hop artists talk about their surroundings. They talk about they they're not like. What was the future said about uh, he just be lying in his rhymes about you know doing all them drugs and stuff because he knows that's what they want to hear? Those right. what rappers do, yeah. To me, well, I feel like, like that last, like past Cole, first his first album was really commercial, J Cole's was it was really commercial, yeah, but past that and like his earlier stuff I heard I heard like with um um when he was on that freshman 15 and um some of the stuff he did with Wale he to me he's always been a storyteller
2: don't you guys feel like you know the the bad part is that as you mature as an adult your outlook on content changes and you know when you have a family And when you have responsibilities and you become more aware, more woke, hashtag woke, as we say, right, you become more aware of of life and circumstance, you vibe to something that's a little bit different. You know what I mean? But, you know, if you're if you're 15 to 23 and you don't really have a lot of life experience. You know, your experience is trying to get bitches and trying to get, you know, a little bit of paper and,
0: yeah, you, you know, to the most reckless music that's possible at that age. Yeah.
2: So and, you know, and and we we were no different. I think that it's so easy for us to as we get older, whether it's listen, whether we're talking about music or whether we're talking about relationships, we're talking about fitness. It's so easy for us to forget where we were in our development. You know what I mean? Like, I I love Tupac and I love Biggie, but it's rare that you'll hear me listen, that you'll find me listening to them because that doesn't resonate with me now. You know what I mean? And a lot of times the music that I'm listening to, you know, it has to resonate. What do I listen to when I'm working out? What do I listen to when I'm training somebody? What do I listen to when I'm driving? And as you get older, you start to segment your life a little bit more into into your situation. So when you're driving, you want something that's a little more chill. You know what I mean? When you're with your girl, you want something a little bit more smooth. Like, I remember being young and not wanting to listen to like Tony, Tony, Tony or New Edition because I thought that uh. made me soft. You know what I mean? Yeah, So that's true. Never walk that it's path, bro. <laughs> <laughs> never walk
1: that I path. I will
0: say this much though about, okay, <clears throat> so like the young artists we just named, like the <laughs> Yachty, the Uzi Verts and uh, Kodak Black and stuff like that. I think the analogy, the best analogy you can apply to those type of rappers, yeah, they may not be for everybody. Me personally, I kind of feel like I think we're such, some people can be such into hip-hop that we analyze everything. So we're analyzing everybody that's in it where you got to think about it. And Young, you've heard me say this plenty of times on this podcast that I feel like those guys, we notice those guys right now because a lot of people talk about them. But if you think about it, through hip-hop, there was so many so many one hit wonders, and I feel that's what they are. I feel like they're just one hit wonder. They're here right now, but eventually, a couple months down the road, year or two, they're long and forgot about. But the other guys, we're still looking at like the J Coles and the Kendrick Lamar's. They'll still be here. But the other analogy I want to put to that is just like your J Coles are like that. Are uh, they're more career based as far as when it comes to the game of music, whereas you have that co-worker that just trying to get by. They're
2: just there for a paycheck. They don't care. Yeah, And that's, yeah. that's, what, you, that's what you can compare them to. That I don't know what it is, man. It's, it's it's a personal preference, but it's just something about his music that doesn't move me. And And a lot of times I listen to him and I look at him as like I should. You know what it reminds me of? A different world. When I was a kid and I used to watch the Cosby Show, like the Cosby Show resonated with me. And then I would try to watch a different world, and I felt like I should be into a different world because, like, it was on such a conscious tip. And I didn't even know what conscious was. And, you know, I liked Whitley, and I liked, uh, you know, a lot of the girls that were on there, but there was just something about it that didn't resonate with me. And I feel the same way with J. Cole. He reminds me a lot of a different world. And to me, Drake is the Cosby show. I don't know. And that's the quickest way I can break those two things down.
1: My my favorite rapper, like my all time favorite rapper, is Nas because Nas is the cool laid back guy. Even when he's spitting, he cool laid back. That's why my number two favorite rapper is Fabulous. That's okay. why my number. But but you know, by the all time that that just peaks above all of them is Andre yeah. three thousand to me because of the way he delivers.
2: Yeah, but you you run a podcast, though, and you run a podcast about hip hop and and those, you know, D.C. four is. Arguably the best mixtape of 2016 and after after he was so embarrassed and after he was so. You know, Meek took a lot of L's in 2016. We nobody will disagree with you on that. Oh, yeah. But how? Oh, often we
1: documented those L's. Yeah, those are very very documented L's.
2: But how? But how? But how often in any situation? Look, Ja Rule took a lot of L's. He never came back with anything dope. You know, it's it's easy, and that that goes right along with what we're talking about with fitness. You know, you are going to lose in life, and I am. Look, I'm going to show you something. Can you see me on the camera? Yeah, yeah. All right, look at this. You see that? Yeah. That's how hard I ride for Drake. Okay. But for those real talk, for the listeners,
0: it is a it's a it's the Drake owl that's on his arm, all the way down my forearm.
2: Okay. So that's how hard I ride for Drake.
1: I like but, Drake too, though. No, I like. But, Drake. no, yeah.
2: But, but here's my point. Game has to recognize game. And to be so publicly embarrassed and to take so many L's over 2016 and to come back with arguably the best mixtape, that's the best work of Meek's career, DC4. Kid you not. On the regular, you talk about the first song, you said, what's the best song to work out to? I almost get a hard-on with that song. That's how hard that song goes. Yeah, I just can't. with
0: With him, I just can't get paid. Like, I was... His first couple singles he came out with, I'm not saying I don't feel Meek Mills or anything like that. But his the way he delivers, I can't it's just I don't it's the way he delivers. And I just can't get with it. And that's just that's just me on, on that part with Meek Mills with the with the yelling. I just can't I can't feel it. I don't It gets
2: it. a little old. It gets yeah, a little
0: old. Yeah. I feel like yelling in my ear. So
1: But um back to the work best workout hips hip hop workout song okay royalty what's yours
0: um shoot man i got a variety of stuff that i when i'm man when i am working out that i work out to um
1: let's see um because mine i can listen to it if i'm running or if i I'm mean honestly
0: way. i mean i always go and just look up Lil, like little john like that's kind of most time what i end up working out to Lil john the john east side boys well
1: Old to school. me what I kick it off with, even when I'm warming up, when I get my run in, bombs over Baghdad.
0: Yeah, that's that's my treadmill song. The <laughs> yeah, B.O.B. is my treadmill song, man.
2: That's that's a good song. That's a good song. All right, so that if means- I had to go, if I had to go old school, something that's not current, um, I'm gonna say B.M.F. by Rick Ross.
0: Yeah, okay, fair,
1: fair. yeah, I can do that. Do that, do that.
0: All right. um... Now we're you know we was in deep into the hip hop debate just now, but um, let's get to some let's okay let's get this rewind a little bit. Um, so Damien, um, as far as like because say you DJ, do you still DJ now? Or are you solely you know doing more of your business pyramid principle.
2: You know it, it's been almost a year. You know, um, I think that I'm pretty certain that my DJ days are over. Um, you know, as sad as that is to say, but you know, I I think that you have to focus on what's important. You can't ha you can't serve two masters. And, you know, I really spread myself then when I was DJing and trying to go to school and you know, trying to be a healthy, organized adult. Um, I would love to do it again, but right now fitness is pretty much my my passion. I think it's what God has for me as my calling. So, I'm going to go ahead and officially announce my retirement from the DJ game.
0: Okay. So, yeah. um, go ahead,
1: yeah. It doesn't it feel bad when you, like, officially retire from what you th- what you thought was going to be your bread and butter? Like I don't, know I, used that
2: to- I, I don't know that I ever thought it would be my bread and butter, man. But uh, I got, you know, I got hooked on it pretty quick. So
1: Yeah, I used to. I had been rapping since I was 12. Like, got. A bunch of albums with the group I was with and everything, and then like when I started looking at how business was being taken care of and getting older and looking at life, like yo, nobody wants to see a group of rappers with everybody over thirty. Right. So huh? you know, slaughterhouse. Well, yeah, but when royalty came to me, he was like, "Yo, let's do this podcast show." So I still get to. Do music, well, talk about at least something related to music. Yeah. And I can be 70 years old and do this. Yeah. It just worked out the right way.
2: Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to look at it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, well, As far as since you are officially retired from DJing, how'd you get into it, though?
2: Into DJing?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. So, the, the, <laughs> The short version of that story is, I I needed a second job, so in 2010 I started working as a bouncer um, at a local college nightclub, and you know I was working the door, and you know I don't know if any of you have you guys have ever bounced before, but at the time I'm like you know 32, 31, 32, and I'm fighting with college kids who are on steroids and playing football and. You know, it just was not a good look. And um, so, you know, every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we had different DJs. And since I was working the door, I was helping the DJ set up. So I became friends with two of the main DJs. Um, We're right outside of Penn State, you know, and these guys are, are, are killing it. And literally, I'm sitting there every night, and as they're making their transition from one song to the next, I'm just such a music head, you know what I mean? And so I'm thinking to myself, like, you know what would go really good with this is X, Y, or Z, and that would be the next song they would play, you know what I mean? Or, like, they would be in the middle of a a mix, and I'm like, this would be a great time to drop this right now, and that's when that would happen. So it was like, in my head, I was already doing what they were doing. And um, I just started talking to one of the guys and I was like, listen, you know, how did how did you get into this? And, you know, he put me up on some game. I kind of pulled his coat. And the next thing you know, I found out how much they were making versus how much I was making. And it was pretty easy math. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, what what's crazy, man, is like. I went from from being 32 years old. And, you know, In a a midlife crisis, man, to spend in the next five years DJing in a college nightclub, you know, living, living a version of my life that I never would have thought that I would have ever experienced. You know, every. Not that this has any outlook on my life now, I'm a changed person, but um, Every type of girl that I could have ever experienced wanting or ever imagined wanting. They were at my feet and at my fingertips, college parties that I never would have been invited to when I was in my twenties. I was hosting in my thirties. You know what I mean? Like it was like that old Rodney Dangerfield movie, back to school, man. I was like, I was killing it. A lot of areas of my life suffered, but for five years, man, I was living, I was living a dream. You know what I mean? And it was crazy, so that's the that's the short version of it.
0: Okay, okay. Um,
2: that's what's
0: up? Okay. Um, as far as with you know, we've like when we first promoted this episode, episode fifty one, you know, it showed you a before and after picture. Um, as yep. far as with your mindset from taking you from where you where you were then to the fit guy you are right now, what made you? What in your mind? Because you know, everybody has that moment where it's like. You know, I'm tired of feeling like this. I'm tired of my clothes feeling this way. It's time to make a change.
2: Right. Well, you know, uh, 2012, my mother passed away and. Uh, you know, she suffered from type two diabetes, which is a, a food based uh, version of diabetes, diet based rather. And. Um, You know, up until that point, I was pretty heavy. Uh, At my heaviest, I was 280 pounds. And at the time of her death, I was about uh, 265, 268 pounds. So, um, you know, I was suffering a lot of the same precursors of diabetes. I had numbness in my arms, numbness in my feet. I suffered from depression, anxiety, sleep apnea. And, uh, you know, when she passed away, it was a wake-up call. I told people I often have told people that when I got the phone call that she had passed away, I was sitting on my couch and it felt like every person that I knew had their hands on me and they were pushing me down. I kept trying to to stand up and I couldn't. And every memory, every image of my mom that I ever had, it ran through my mind. And the final image that I had was them taking the feeding tube out of her mouth and removing her from that hospital bed. And putting me in that same bed, and um, I knew I needed to make some changes. So that was that was the moment.
1: Okay, so like I got a question for you. Uh Royalty knows I've struggled with fluctuating weight since high school. Yep. I was a football player, so I was one of those guys they put on the defensive line. But then I got sick. I I, I have lupus, and right. um. I lost a lot of weight. Like, I went from 260 to 180, but to suppress my uh, immune system, they put me on steroids. So, right. I went from 180 to 250.
2: Yeah.
1: And, like, a short amount of, and I've been doing, like, trying, like, I work out. I, like, my stamina is up there and everything, but I can't seem to shed weight and get my body to a point that I'm comfortable with, whereas I'm either small from being sick or big from the right. medication. So, like, what would yeah. you recommend for people, like, in my situation or, not, or whatnot?
2: Does your medication make you eat a lot? Are you hungry?
1: No, I'm really not hungry. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I make eat twice a day. And what what I eat, like I may eat like some honey Cheerios in the morning and at night I might like fix a sandwich or something.
2: You know, the first thing that I would say, and this is why I tell people all the time, you have to get brutally honest with where you are. And you know, there there's no um, there's no substitution for the calculator. So I would say that if you on a long enough timeline are only eating twice a day and you're only eating cheerios and sandwiches something somewhere is off because that amount of calories would not account for the amount of weight you're carrying so you would have to say that if the medication one of two things if you are suffering from a from a chronic condition and the steroids are keeping you at a weight That is keeping you alive. Then you would have to adjust your desires based off of what's important to you. So obviously you being here, you being a, you know, a father and a family man and and being on this earth is way more important than you have.
1: Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa, whoa. Let's not speak certain
0: things. No. (laughs) He's speaking into the future, man. He's well,
2: actually, listen. Actually, we—I didn't want to tell you this on air, but Davin and I spoke earlier. I'm with the child support office, and uh, this was the easiest way for us to get in touch with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you remember a young lady by the name of Shaniqua uh, no, from? No.
1: <laughs> no. No chuck comes out of my chick. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I would say you know if you if you are. Are needing that to stay healthy, you might need to adjust your, you know, your, your understanding of what it is you're going to look like. But assuming that the steroids aren't making you hold weight or retain water, you need to take a really honest look at what you're eating. And without knowing specifically, if you're being hundred percent honest with me, obviously you're going to say you are, but without knowing that only, you know, um, then I can't really give you a lot of advice. I had to be very honest with what I was eating. And if you, if someone would have asked me in 2012, what's your diet like? I would not have told them exactly what I ate on a daily basis. And I can tell you what I ate now. You know what I mean? Um, and my body reflects what I eat on a daily basis. So that would be the first thing is just be very honest about your diet.
1: Like before we got on with you, uh, with you um, I had my... Since this is my last night in my hometown, my family took us out, to, took me out to dinner, and I had to get my food to go. Only thing I got was a bowl of potato soup. You know, just something, you know, not heavy. Like I don't like to eat stuff heavy. I feel sluggish, and yeah. and you know, like I feel like my heart just like it's like when you eat heavy, you'll feel like you could feel your heart slowing down.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: And, uh, and, um, like, I, 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 work, I was working out so much, I broke my hip working out, trying to maintain my weight.
2: What so, do you weigh right now?
1: Like, at this moment, I weigh 250. And how old are you? 31. How tall are you? Six foot even. Yeah. So, you're right there where I was. And see, like, at this moment, like, when I moved down there... Um, when I move to Houston, I'm um, my girlfriend has already set it up where I'll be going to 24 hour um uh, fitness, joining their gym, yeah. And um, I'm probably starting to Avocare through uh Royalty's wife, so okay. um, <laughs> um, um, but see, with me, I'm also my lupus affected my kidneys, so I'm also a dialysis patient, so my diet. Please. Yeah, so, you know, my diet, um, that's what's taking me so long to do care because you can only, when you're a lupus, I mean, a dialysis patient, you can only do so many, have so many of certain nutrients and stuff like that, what certain vitamins.
2: To me, um, explain to me what lupus does to your system.
1: Okay, lupus is an autoimmune disease. It's genetic. You get it through genetics. Um. Yeah. My grandmother had it. Uh, my aunts have it. It skipped my father, came to me. So, um, to suppress your. And, like, what it, the loop, the type, it's two type of lupus, two types of lupus. You have a type that affects the skin, and you have a type that affects the organs. I have the type that affects the organs. And um, it, it attacked my kidneys first before. Some people attacks the heart. Some people attacks the lungs. It attacked my kidneys.
2: How long because, have you had
1: it? Um, Since I was, I got diagnosed when I was 24. But I, the, the doctor said with the, the progression of what stage it is, it started affecting me when I was like 17, 18. And you know, when they asked me the symptoms, like your body hurting, it, your body hurts like you had a sickle cell. And, um, you know, I thought it was old injuries catching up with me because I played sports the whole while I grew up. And, you know, so I wouldn't go to the doctor for them for the, for the pain or whatnot. But uh, so to, to, to slow the lupus down, they put me on steroids, put me on medication, and my kidneys were so det- deteriorated that they put me on dialysis.
2: Well, let me say this with everything that you're telling me, I would I would direct you to your doctor first because I don't I don't have enough knowledge of your specific situation to even begin to give you advice. Um, you know, the, the fact that you're even considering working out, man, that's a testament to your heart, dude, like you're you're a beast if you're willing to even work out considering that that's what you have to deal with. So, you know, I mean,
1: I mean, I've been like people like I've met athletes in my situation. And if you started out, whereas you have been playing football and baseball and basketball since you were a kid, then, right. you know, working out is just a part of you and okay. you know how to and your, and your pain tolerance is actually high. So, assume, you
2: know,
1: yeah. Yeah, so my pain tolerance like if I'm out lifting weights or if I'm running on the treadmill or something, my knees are killing me. Like my rehab after breaking my hip, like I shattered my hip.
2: Jeez.
1: So, Man. my rehab after that was just like my inspiration was Percy Harvin when he was yeah. with um the Seahawks. Yeah. know, so he had a hip replacement. I was like looking how dude was running. I was like, "Okay, I can do this." If he can do this, I can do this. We both human.
2: I'm sitting over here thinking that I'm the expert on stuff, and you're, you're coming back off a of hip replacement at 31, man. Like, that's that's insane. <laughs> Davin, what do you think?
0: Man, yeah. I always thought man. Like, he got, dude got heart, man, especially when it comes to dealing with that, man. It's like,
1: especially when he told me he broke his hip. I'm like, what? So yeah. And people look at me and tell me I don't even look my way. But yeah, I true, step on the you know. scale here. Every- I step on a scale area the day at dialysis, so I know what the scale says. But, <sighs> but like I said, man, like if I, I and I'm not embarrassed to tell my story on this podcast because I, I have, if my situation can be an inspiration to anybody, like I want to see if somebody can find something a, a better way that maybe they can relay it back to me and help me out.
2: Well, better than that, let me. Okay, all right, all right. You sparked my. My answer. Instead of looking for someone to give you a better way, why don't you create a better way for someone like you? Because only you know what it's like to work out with that broken hip and to deal with lupus. And that is very much like what I dealt with in my situation. See, I did gymnastics for, you know, 18 years. And I have a pin in one wrist from the military. I have a shoulder injury. So, you know, I'm 30, I'm 38. So CrossFit is not an option for me. My joints simply won't take it. So I had to come up with a, an idea where I could train basically using body weight. And my schedule was so crazy. I couldn't really get to the gym. So I had to come up with a way to just use body weight exercises in small, affordable, um lower weight dumbbells. How could I do that in my house, in my living room, and, and still get the results that I wanted? So I created a pyramid principle, right? Hmm. Of exercise, nutrition, supplementation. Abicare was a part of that. And that's what I now teach to my clients. So you're in a great, you're in a great position because no one can tell your story the way that you can tell your story, but there are people that are going to resonate with your story. So you would be an amazing addition, you know, to Davin's advocate team as someone who could, could give advice based on, listen, I suffer from a chronic disease. I go to dialysis every other day. I have, um, you know, a replaced hip, no one can tell that story, but there, there are people out there who are suffering from very similar symptoms, very similar setbacks, and I can't talk to those people. You ask, you ask me, Damien, what would you do in this situation? How would you help me? I don't have the first clue where to even start, but you do. If, yeah. you, if you get to your next destination and you just say, okay, where are you moving? Houston?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: When you get to Houston, you say, all right, I'm going to take a day get settled in. And then I'm going to figure out how to get my weight under control. But that's going to mean that you specifically talk to your doctor and say, how much of my weight are you attributing to these steroids? And they'll be able to tell you, you know, by taking these steroids, uh, you can probably expect a 20 to 30 pound weight gain. Okay, so then technically, if I'm eating right, I'm at 120. All right. So then how can I make this 250? How can I make it a solid 235? And then you come up with a way to do that. Once you do that, now you have a story. Now you have a story that your listeners, people in your family, people that you come in contact with, now you have a story that they can relate to and that's going to resonate with them. People that will never resonate with my story and people that will never resonate with Davin's story, they're going to resonate with your story. So you have an opportunity right here for you to become that linchpin to change for somebody else. Okay.
1: Appreciate the advice. Yeah, man. And, you know, like, uh, I've been a mentor for years. I've been a mentor ever since I was in high school. So, like, and I, I try to find the kids that's having the toughest time of course like those like those kids that's probably getting bullied or teased cuz i dealt with those things so i yeah. understand what you're saying yeah you know i was the fat kid in school so you know i want to be the one to get the the, the 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 kid that's being bullied or teased about something advice on how to overlook that. so as far as like fitness and like once i get it under control then you know i can I, I see where you're coming from
2: you you have a you have a great opportunity man this is a this is a crossroad for you i don't think that you ask i don't think that i'm on this podcast the three of us were talking and that you asked that question by happenstance I think that everything happens for a reason, and you have a great opportunity here, man. But the 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 crazy thing about opportunities is that you're obligated to make a choice to either take the opportunity or let it pass you by, and that's up to you. Nobody can tell you what you need to do in that situation, but you are you are faced with an opportunity right now to make a huge change.
1: Right. So to get back into music, because I I like. I took the, the whole conversation totally left field. Cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> but uh, get back to music. What are you looking forward to? Well, who are you looking forward to hearing this year in 2017?
2: Uh, well, obviously, Drake. I'm looking for more life to drop. I went to uh, the, a lot of concerts last year. I saw Future in Concert at the uh, Fillmore in Philly um, I saw Drake's Summer 16 uh, tour in Kansas City, which was phenomenal. Um, duh, duh, duh. I saw a tie dollar sign last year. Um, I mean, I'm hoping that Kanye comes out of hiding somewhere and, and, and drops some music like he, like he used to. Um, anything I mean, from Big time. Sean. Yeah, yeah right? The
0: big, yeah, the Big Sean. Uh, what is it? I Decided is what it's called now. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Now
1: that's who I had to learn how to like. Like, Really, I love Big Big Sean. Like the like this last album he just dropped made me a fan of his. Yeah, like his first album I wasn't feeling it, but this like he was more lyrical in this 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 um most most recent album.
2: Yeah, yeah, you know it's interesting to see how people grow um and how they develop. I mean, who else am I looking forward to? I mean. Like anticipation wise, it's it's Drake, it's Big Sean. Um that's pretty much it, man, to be honest with you. I can't really I can't really <laughs> give you anything else. I, I love Tory Lanez, to be honest with you. I love the uh new Toronto two, the Chicks tape four. Like I'm 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 digging it, man. Like I'm pretty set.
1: I like Tory Lanez, like
2: too. Mix, more than anything, I guess. I, I like when things come out of left field and I anticipate something from Lil' Wayne this year, hopefully. But he's been kind of disappointing lately, so I don't know. How about you?
1: Uh-huh. Well, as far as me, um, I already know I'm either gonna get a. He just did summertime shootout last summer, so this summer I'm gonna get a soul tape, probably soul tape four from Fabulous. Yep. Um. Um. Nas is supposed to be dropping this year. Um. I'm still waiting on the J. Cole Kendrick Lamar mixtape. That's mashup, okay. Dabbing? Uh, you got anything? Uh,
0: let's see. <clears throat> Hoping we get another Jay Z, um, whatever it may be called, Blueprint Four. Nice. Whatever that. Okay. Whatever he decides, he wants to name it this time around.
1: Uh, let's see what else I'm like for. The tenth time I retired.
0: <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. Let me see. Looking for anticipating an Menial album. Um outcast hopefully crossing my fingers and my toes okay um and probably uh it's been, been a while for a ti album i think it's time so
1: well you know he just dropped the ep that us or them
0: yeah us versus them but he's gonna be dealing with divorce all year long so i probably don't really plan on seeing any of that so
2: do you do you ever look at you know we were talking about music and how we viewed it when we were younger you know but ti is one of those rappers that i wish i could keep him in a time capsule because asap ti motivation ti like that to me is the is like the pinnacle of ti and he's made some good songs since but like that whole album that is ti to me and like a, a large part of me wants to just but, you know, him what, but you know what it
0: is? It's his split personality. That version that you're, that you, the songs you just named, that's really more of, for, for what he says, that's T.I.P. And he. I think we need to uh-huh. get, we've had T.I. versus T.I.P. album, but I think, because we had like, okay, when he got out of jail, he did the song with Big Crit, was Flexing. And we thought we were going to get that that version of T.I.P., because that's basically who that was on Flexing. I think, I hope. Right that we get a T.I.P. album. This, I which, which, is what I'm, which is what I'm hoping for. Now, We've had T.I., which is, we know TI is commercial T.I., the song with Rihanna, stuff like that.
1: Right. Now, the TI, Free
2: T.I.P. Bring him out of wherever he's at. <laughs> now,
1: the, the, the best, to me, the best mix of TI and T.I.P. on one record is Paper Trails.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was out, the T.I.P. album, too.
1: Yeah. Because, because... Like at the time, I was still when that when that dropped. Like I had stopped rapping and stuff like that. But when that dropped and I heard "What's Up, What's Happening," I was just like, "Okay, <laughs> now that that, that 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 should have been on trap music." <laughs> 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 like when I, I think it's this when Ti got controversy going on, that's when he at his best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. if he looking like he, if he looking at jail time, you finna get the best of Ti. Yeah. If he yeah. out there being a family man, you're going to get subpartia. So
0: that's like That's the same way with a lot of artists, man. That's just a, not even hip-hop related. Taylor Swift, when she break up with a boyfriend, you know, you're going to get a good album. Just like Adele. Plus Adele plus with, one. Exactly. Plus one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's saying. I got to give you
2: I gotta give you props on that.
0: Nice. Yeah, they're, they're all the same way. And then I give you an even better example. Alicia Keys. Now that she's married, got a family. And all that, she do not her music, her music's getting good again, but there was a point where when she got married to Swiss Beats, it was just like, eh. And got no stank on it. Yeah. Hey, not, she's, not, she's not longer for love or anything like that. And that's what all her music was always about. And now that she found it, it's like, hey, I can write about some other stuff now.
1: Royalty. Wasn't when it when we were in high school when Alicia Keys first hit the scene? You had dudes walking around with the Alicia Keys CD. In the CD player, jamming it mm-hmm. like it was just one of their homeboys. Yep. hey. Like, you that's why Usher... got recognize talent. That's why Usher's best album to date is Confessions. Oh, he yeah. Was break, he, he had broke up with Chili.
2: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> true life is we'd always, always be best singing, music. We'd all be singing, too. We'd all yeah. be singing, too.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could sing. Yeah. I've been with Diamond 30 times. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What else can I answer fitness wise for you guys? Oh, uh, let's see. Um,
0: I know you you slightly touched on pyramid principle, but what is it? Just to go into a little bit more detail for our listeners, for those who you know they may want to heat you up. Um, as far as what is pyramid principle and what does it as far as what does it mean and where did it come from?
2: Well, pyramid principle is the culmination of of what I was speaking to your. Your partner here about, you know, when I finally made the decision that the change was going to ultimately come for me and I had to figure out a way I had to figure out a concept that I could wrap my head around because I was going to the gym like a lot of people and I would wander around just aimlessly. Right. Um, I was searching on bodybuilding.com and Google and Yahoo trying to find, you know, quick weight loss tips, the 10 fastest way to lose your belly in 10 days. Um, superfoods to eat, things like that. And finally, it got to a point where I had so much information, but I had zero execution. And I said, I need to find a way for me to execute um, uh, a program that's going to help me see some results. So I said, what can I do? I'm going to whittle it down to three things. What are the three things if I was dealing with you know, for people that don't know, I coach gymnastics. I've been coaching gymnastics my entire life. You know, my family, you know, owned a school, we ran a school and it's, it's always been something I've been involved in. So I've had great success in training athletes for the past 24, 25 years. So I said, if I was working with my athletes, what would be the three things that I would tell them were important for them to get their body in tip top um, optimal condition? Well, obviously, the first thing is going to be your nutrition. What you're eating is what you're going to show and how you're going to perform. The second thing would be exercise, obviously. But what's that third thing? What am I missing? And at first, you know, from the advice of of multiple websites, it was to take steroids. You know, if you're over 30 and you want to look a certain way, you want to attract a certain type of mate, you want to have a certain type of. Um, endurance or stamina, you need to take, you know, hormone replacements or growth hormone or TRT, or you need to do steroids. So it was okay. Nutrition, exercise and steroids. And I tried steroids and I ended up in the hospital. So then steroids were out. So then, okay, what, what's that third thing now? So it's exercise, nutrition and, and what, well, what's the next thing Closest to steroids, but in a legal, healthy manner, and that's supplementation. And at the time, I was I was dating a girl who was involved in Abicare, and you know she says, "Listen, you would really benefit from these products." And I, you know, I my introduction to Abicare was lots of females, lot of people who looked like they you know were treadmill bunnies or people who were seriously overweight. And I had no idea that, you know, Avacare had sponsors like Drew Brees or Jason Witten or Rich Froning. And when I was introduced to that aspect, I said, okay, well, maybe there's something to it. And then she told me about the, you know, the college football uh, games that are sponsored by Abicare and the, the basketball tournaments that are sponsored by Avacare and the NASCAR people, you know, and she says, listen, you're, you're taking steroids. You're taking Products from these big big box stores, you've already ended up in the hospital. What do you have to lose? To quote the great president Donald Trump, "What do you have to lose?" Right? And she says. She says, try Advocare. and I said, "Okay, well here's the deal. I have a scalpel for a tongue, and if you tell me the Advocate is the way to go, I'm going to take your word for it." I'm going to buy your distribution packet. I'm going to pay for the challenge and I'm going to do it. But if it doesn't work, if your products are not what you say they are, I'm going to do everything that I can to tear your company down brick by brick. That's the challenge. And she says, I'm so confident I will accept that. I did my first 24 day challenge and it was honestly all bullshit aside it was the first time i ever taken any products where I didn't feel nauseous. I didn't have, you know, jitters. I didn't have any sort of heart palpitations. I didn't have any issues. And when I when I tell people about Advocare, I say, listen, you know, product X from this company, product Y from this company, product Z from that company, they might work better. They might. But for me personally, as someone who suffers from anxiety and depression and pre-diabetes, this is the first company of products that I can take where I don't have any issues. So it became exercise, nutrition, and supplementation. And that supplementation was Avocare, And that to me became the principle that helped me lose weight and helped me get in shape. And so I looked at those three things. It created the pyramid. Those were the The three principles that I was living now by and training other people by, and that became my pyramid principle. So when people come to me and say, listen, what do I need to do to get in shape? I say, well, listen, it's a pyramid principle. If you want to have success, you can't just change your diet short of of exercising and having supplementation. You can't just start exercising and not change your diet. You can't just start taking something and not change your diet and not exercise you have to have all three you have to have that pyramid principle what makes j cole you know a great rapper he has lyrics he has you know to you the beats you know to you he has the content right what makes yeah. drake a good rapper to me he has the beats that i like he has the lyrics that i like he has the content that i like i see three in everything there's three of us on this screen right now You know what I mean? So that is how I came up with that pyramid principle. That's what the concept means to me. And I live it. You know, I live it, man. Uh, Just like you guys live hip hop. I live that pyramid principle.
1: Okay, That's what's up. Now I used to take, uh, when I played football in college, well, for the the two months I played, um, they used to give us this supplement. It was blue. Um, It wasn't creatine. But it, it was powder. It came in a powder um, container like um, creatine did. But when you drink it, like it throw your energy through the roof. Like your heart just start. And I was thinking it's called NX Explode or something like that. This has been years back. What was that? Yeah, well, that um, sounds
2: like um, I think that's sol- core, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, not like, not like
1: but, that sounds like it. But but like. Like we would get it like before practice, they'll you know have it in the cooler, and it yeah. come you know it's blue. The powder is like, like a, it was like a icy blueberry something like that. Yeah. But you know we drink like two cups of it, and like you could go out and run all day. But when you go home to lay down after practice, your heart's still
2: racing. Yeah. You know, I tell people to be very careful with their supplements, um, especially if you're over 30. Once you get over 30, you know, guys, listen, Davin, how old are you? 30. <laughs> you just made the cut. <laughs> so, you know, when you when you get over 30, especially as black men, we're already elder statesmen at this point. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, like we made nobody it over 25.
2: Yeah, nobody, you know, we we we're the chief of the of the tribe at this point. Um so you have to be very careful with overstimulating your heart. And I tell people, you know, if you're going to take supplements, it's buyer beware. And again, that you know I sound like a complete um paid spokesman for Advicare and I do not agree with, let me just say that, personal disclaimer, I do not agree with everything Avocare does, and I am not a homer. There's a lot of things I don't agree with, and I have a lot of issues with that company on a personal level, but product for product, what they do in terms of people who are overweight and people who are um, not yet at a point where they've been working out a lot, they're great products. They are a great introduction to supplementation. In, so
0: I can give a second motion to that as far as with yeah, with their products. Because I know me personally, when I would take supplements from like Vitamin Shop and stuff like that, like anything that had too much caffeine in it, oh, forget it. I'm jittery and that just makes me just. It's too much sauce. <laughs> mm-hmm. But with them, it's like, it's just right. Yeah, I agree. It's just right. It don't, it's just, even with the Performance <laughs> Elite. Uh, line and stuff like that man I've used that I don't feel no I feel I just feel I feel great I don't feel like I'm in like I'm enhancing any type of way so so I definitely agree to that
1: yeah well guys um it was nice meeting you man I'm I'm glad we had this conversation but I'm gonna ask you to give out your social media to our listeners Okay. Because I had to get some sleep. I had to be on the road at five o'clock in the morning.
2: <laughs> no uh you can find me, listen, you can find me on Facebook, Pyramid Principal Fitness and Development. Um, you can find me on Instagram under Gym Coach DJ. That's G Y M C O A C H D J. That's all one word. Um and and listen, you know, if I can be of any help or any service. Um, I am here to offer as much advice as possible. Um, you know, I, I'm here. I mean, anything I can do, and, and that goes for both of you. You know, Davin will attest. I I, I keep an eye on my friends, so oh, yeah, I want awesome. you to definitely add me on. I want you to definitely add me on Facebook, and uh, you keep me abreast of what's going on with you in Houston. And if you need anything from me, brother, I got you.
1: All right. Um, and also, man, you know. We offer this, we send this shout out to everybody that's a guest not here. As often as you wanna come on the show. Yeah. Man, you're definitely, welcome.
0: Definitely much so man. We don't we don't throw that around to everybody, but like the good convo that we had about hip hop and everything, you're definitely welcome anytime on the hip hop region. You just you know, you just see me up on Facebook, let me know and I, <laughs> we can we can make it happen. Um, cause
1: Jake, Drake and J Cole might drop on the same day, and then we might have to go head to head a new
2: album with <laughs> them. I'm willing to give I'm willing to give J Cole a solid listen, and I will do that with open ears.
1: I do that with Drake every time. Like, like, like we rank the best Drake albums in the one show. And um, I want
2: to I want to hear that.
1: Oh, um, I gotta
0: gotta look at what episode that is. Like we did
1: do that. I think, I think views was like at the bottom for both of us. But um, like, can um, I wait?
2: Can I interrupt? Can I interrupt? Okay. You know why views was so bad? Because it came after the Drake Future album that was so hard. So everybody thought like, yo, yeah. Yeah. Everybody was like, because look. Like Drake went through such a period of soft music and then the mixtape with him in future was so hard and everybody was like, Yo, okay, okay, the kid is back. And then the views insane. when I got views, yo, the day that I that views dropped, I went, I played every song, like waiting for the beat to kick in. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I got halfway through the album. I'm like, no, yeah, no.
1: Yeah. And see, this like with- that's why when he dropped songs like Back to Back and Energy and Summer 16, you'd be like, why are these not
2: on that album? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Hey, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's uh, doing. I, al- yeah, I will always say
0: this. Mixtape Drake is better than Album Drake. Any
2: day. I love Mixtape Drake. But you know what? But Album Drake is the, is the guy that has the Spotify records. Yeah. Has the Grammys, has all the money. Listen, I don't want to I don't want to come. I'm, I can't even say it. There's you know what? Drake has two bloodlines in his system. OK, yeah. you know what those two bloodlines yeah. are. singer yeah. OK, no, 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 no. I mean, ethnically, Drake has two bloodlines in his. Oh system. Well, yeah, 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 that's true. One of them is more geared towards business. Mm-hmm. One of them is more geared toward the street. And you get that in his music. Yeah, I'll leave it
1: Because when, uh, like, Drake came out with some songs. Like, when I first heard, this, it's like you said, the beat, like headlines. When I first heard headlines, and I just heard how it just came in, I might be too strong out on compliments. And how he just started spitting like that. You know, I'd be like, like, he can't, like, at that time, like, when he first dropped, it, I was like, this dude cannot miss then he come out singing.
2: Have you heard 5 a.m. in Toronto?
1: Um, I haven't. I just haven't, because like I download a lot of stuff. Like I'll just go and download somebody's discography.
2: And when we when we get off, when we get off, make me a promise. When we get off, I want you to go on YouTube and I want you to listen to 5 a.m. in Toronto. It's one of the hardest Drake albums he's ever put out. It's just it's, it's a song, it's a single. But I don't know who he was beefing with at the time. I don't know what the situation is, but it's not a, its not a single. Huh? Rob Tory Lanes. No, this was way before Tory Lanes. It was oh, three okay. years.
1: But it's oh, one God. of the
2: hardest Drake albums, the beat, the video, everything. And it's like you look at that and you go, do that every time. Just do that. And you're the greatest rapper ever. <laughs> so I don't know. Hey, that's just my opinion. Okay. All right, man. I'm going to let you get out of here,
0: dog. All right. Let me. All we're right, gonna, man. we're gonna get ready. To, okay. We're going to get ready to wrap the show. Um, but I want to mention a couple things before we, before we close out. Um, indie right. Music Business Workshop next week, two-part episode. We'll have Keeper Ruffin, uh, DJ B Moss will be on the show. So all the independent artists out there uh, that are looking for knowledge, trying to get into, just trying to get everything right business-wise. Contracts, ad caps, ASCAP, BMI, all of that. Please tune into that show. It'll be a two-part episode. Um, you guys know where you can find us. Um, iTunes, pretty much everywhere you can find a podcast. Man, we're we're everywhere right now. Um, what's up? And then also um, hit me up on Instagram. I am royalty of the rejects. Young, what's your social media, man?
1: And you can check me out um, on Instagram, Young, Clyde in the Reds Facebook. You look me up as Quinn Stewart.
0: And I think that's a wrap, man.
2: All, All right, y'all. Blessed. Thank you. And we All